God's grace and God's peace be with you all. Thank you. While there is much I think I understand about the gospel and the parables, there are those days when I hear the text or read the text and I wonder, I think I know. But there is far more in these parables that Jesus tells that I don't know. Take, for example, the sower and the seed. A simple parable to be sure. But before we get to it, let's try this. Perhaps I know what you're thinking. Random, indiscriminate, <laughs> wild, offensive. Some of you are thrilled that you have access to a spot of sugar mid-morning. Some of you are offended that I would throw something right at you. Some immediately questioning Who's going to clean this mess up? <laughs> and some thinking, cute. But I didn't show up for children's time. Contrary to what you might imagine, the answer to all of these questions and statements is yes. Yes to all of these. Yes to indiscriminate tossing. Yes, it appears wasteful. Yes, it will mean we have to clean up one another's mess. And yes, by the way, you did come for children's time, children of God that you are. Oh, you hoped that this would be more erudite, formal, challenging, spirit-filled? I think it will be. The parable from Matthew begins with a simple phrase. A sower went out to sow. This instantly conjures up for us the image of farmers with large seed bags walking into the field, flinging seed wherever they wish. Or the farmer bent over with the seed just sprouted just below the surface of the water, pushing the seed in, one after one, row after row. Once that image is formed, once that picture arrives in our mind's eye, we can then move to another set of thoughts. Why does Jesus use this image, this language, this notion? Be clear, Jesus' parables are not cute little children's sermonettes, vivid decorations of a moral point, but rather, Jesus' parables represent disturbing stories intended to uphear the hearer's secure mythological world. That's a mouthful. 
Jesus tells parables so that his hearers will challenge the assumptions that they bring to world order and the image of God. Jesus tells parables so we will challenge the assumptions we've constructed about the domain and design, action, and activity of God. So what is Jesus challenging in this parable recorded in the book of Matthew? Challenge number one. The images we have constructed of God are incomplete, insufficient, and need to be expanded. Far more complex than we can ever imagine, the God we know, found in a universe still expanding, is the evidence of a God still creating. While we declare that we know a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, this surely cannot mean that God is static, without movement, or stagnant. And while God could intervene and solve many of the world's crises with a blink of an eye, God invites all of us to navigate the challenges of a problematic world by loving one another as if we were loving ourselves. Unceasingly, to act justly, live humbly, love more, hate never. And as we do so, our understanding of God grows deeper and deeper into mystery and magnificence. The parable invites us to broaden our image and understanding of God. Challenge number two, God is random. I like order, organization, a weed-free garden. I like my tools lined up in my toolbox in a certain way so that I can find them when I go back there the second and third time. I even like to place God in that sort of containment field. God, when I call, answering. God, when I need, providing. God, there before I arrive so I won't have to work so hard. God, effective and efficient by my standards. However, the witness of Scripture does not make an allowance for God to be a God of sequential order, the if this, then that kind of God. Now instead we have from our parable today the image of God who plants seeds irreverently, whose methods are neither effective or efficient. We are invited in this parable to experience a random God. Challenge number three, God values tries. 
Some of you know that I love to read popular theories on organizational management. Martin Luther has a great thought on organizational systems. He says, sin boldly. That is, increase your tries, double your failure rate, generate a sufficient number of excellent mistakes. <coughs> Students, this is not permission to break every one of the university's codes this weekend, either with alcohol or curfew or the always too fun ice hockey in the hallways. No, those would be just foolish. And by the same vein, you cannot show up at the Student Affairs Hearing Board and say, I was sinning boldly. <laughs> Pastor Scott told me to. <laughs> this would be the evidence of poor judgment. <laughs> A sower went out to sow. The parable begins. What do we make of a God who flings seeds so randomly, arbitrarily, even accidentally? God values tries. God tries to throw seeds here and there and everywhere. God values tries because God knows a tremendous amount about the seed being planted. You see, God designed that seed to be planted, and seeds do exactly what God designed. That is, seeds were designed to grow. It is precisely what occurs in the parable. It is what God had in mind when God planted an idea in the heart and mind of Orville Dahl and Richard Pedersen to create a place of learning and loving. Seeds grow. It is what God does every time students hear something new and learn something different that they didn't know the day before. Seeds grow. It is what happens in the heart of faculty and staff when students wonder out loud with either well or ill-formed questions, seeds grow. I believe that we are the seeds that God has planted in this place with one very majestic and complex task. Planted here, our job is to grow. Children of God planted in this place, called to make a difference in the world by the grace and favor of God, grow. Amen.